Armed with champagne as we walked towards the Virgin, who shook my hand, smiled a little too widely, and pulled up a chair for me. He had all the manners. Nobody could have guessed at his lack of experience. The Virgin was glamorous, in the way few objects or people are anymore, and his distinctive style was a reminder of a more gallant age. His Savile Row suit was a classic, He wore a striped shirt open at the neck, and his brown hair fell in a bride's head flop, (laughs) a seductive touch. Midnight, and the results were in. Tony Blair for another four years. The drunks cheered, but none of us cared. We dismissed politics. Charles ordered another round of champagne, and as we drank to a brighter future, out of the corner of my eye... I saw the virgin stare at my bare feet through the silver threads of my shoes. Later, I watched him nod vigorously at Phoebe as they said goodbye, before hailing a cab to his part of London, which from the look of him had to be Chelsea. Meanwhile, I drove Charles and Phoebe to Notting Hill, our part of town. Well, do you like him? Phoebe asked from the back seat eager as a stockbroker pushing equities, watching my response in the rearview mirror. He's nice. Yes, I think he's nice. He'd like to see you again, she said. Really? Yes, you're the reason he came tonight. But he didn't know me. I told him about you. Don't be put off. His body's fantastic, he's really clever, and he's from a good family. Can I give him your number? asked Charles, getting straight to the point. Charles didn't give a damn about his friend's physique or family, but he wanted the Virgin to be happy and enjoyed playing his wife's game. Phoebe's mission was to bring her single friends to the state of marital bliss, and for that I saluted her irrespective of the results. Most married women don't socialise with single women, unless it's alone, during the day, when their husbands are safely out of the way. But Phoebe was different. She promoted her single friends, matching men with women at every opportunity, and I was her latest project. She took too long to tell me that the Virgin had been a work in progress for sixteen years. The Virgin called the very next day to invite me to the theatre. He'd get the tickets. And dinner. He'd make the reservation. Here was a man who knew what he wanted, and I liked that. Bearing in mind Ralph Waldo Emerson's caution to beware of all enterprises that require new clothes, I picked out my favourite black dress, pair of black Chanel slingbacks, and a classic handbag I'd found that summer in Portobello Market. The look was Ralph Lauren, without the price tag, and sexy enough. Best of all, I hadn't dashed out to buy any of it. There was no reason to beware on a first date with a man I'd only met for an hour, sustained by champagne and a midsummer's midnight. No new clothes, no nerves, no tension. He seemed to be a courteous, trouble-free zone, and I was convinced he would cause me less pleasure and pain than his magnetic predecessor, a man across the Atlantic it had taken me too long to forget. That evening, 
I slung on my familiar clothes and looked in the mirror. Needs a belt, I thought. I've got a waist. I may as well show it. It was six o'clock. I had a credit card and just enough time to dash to one of the boutiques on Ledbury Road. Fifteen minutes later, I jumped into a cab for the West End, a big buckled belt around my waist. But this wasn't any old belt. This was a two-hundred-pound handmade belt. Consequently, I was no longer going on any old date. I had stupidly raised the stakes. I arrived at the theatre ten minutes late to find the Virgin waiting in the empty foyer, clad in a bespoke suit that certainly wasn't new. I followed him up to the dress circle. His loafers were plain black, and he wasn't wearing socks. I noticed how the hairs on his ankles curled provocatively, and I wondered about.